Hello, and welcome to the New Life Philly Women's Bible Study Talks. New Life Philly is located in the Olney section of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and check us out at newlifephilly.net. Each year, the women of New Life Philly walk through one or two books of the Bible. Our speakers are women connected to our church community who have walked a while with Jesus and desire to share with others what God has been speaking to their hearts as they have meditated on a particular passage in the book we are studying. Our hope is that your hearts and lives will also be blessed by our speakers. Zephaniah was a prophet from the part of a royal family born in Cush, which is today near Sudan and Ethiopia. Do you remember the eunuch in the New Testament who came from Ethiopia? That's considered, he considered to come from Sudan or Ethiopia or Cush. It's mentioned a couple times in this chapter. As Priscilla also explained, King Hezekiah was his great-great-grandfather. Zephaniah wrote this book during the reign of King Josiah of Judah. This royal social status may, have, may explain how Zephaniah is aware of the international climate we hear about in chapter 2, the ethics of Jerusalem, and the political and religious climate of this day, before there was anything such as the internet. It's good to be connected to the kin. I found many relevant references in the book of Isaiah as I was trying to understand Zephaniah. So it is helpful to see that the major prophet Isaiah prophesied during a similar time frame, before the exile to Babylonia. Thank you to Jean Ashman for that information. In chapter 1 and 2, we are warned of the day of the Lord, as we studied last week, a judgment on the whole earth on the day of the Lord. Yahweh will judge the world in general, and Judah in particular, because of the idolatrous rebellion. These drastic warnings of the word of the Lord, like chapter 1, verse 3, I will sweep away everything from the face of the earth, both men and animal, birds and fish. It will be a day of anguish, darkness, and gloom. This warning is against Judah, those who worship Baal and Moloch, who turn their back from following the Lord and do not seek to inquire of God. Cush, Assyria, Nineveh, Gaza, and Canaan are specifically warned. Neither their silver nor their gold will be able to save them. It is interesting that Judah and the city of Jerusalem specifically are warned in chapters one and two, along with the rest of the, along with the rest of the earth. But chapter three is focused solely on Jerusalem. Why is Jerusalem so special? Its names, it's Shalom, city of peace, are, it's referred to as Zion, the holy city. We know Jerusalem was valuable to the Lord long before Jesus walked there. Some commentaries believe that the Garden of Eden was located in Canaan, where Jerusalem is. We first read about Abraham, who was called to sacrifice Isaac on Mount Moriah. That is thought to be the same or close to the mountain of Jerusalem. This is where, we, where Canaan is located. It is where David established the capital city. Solomon built the temple on Mount on the mountain Jerusalem and where we are told the Messiah would come from. The New Testament, in New Testament times, Jerusalem is the place where Jesus walked, talked, wept over the city, ate the Last Supper with his disciples and was arrested, crucified, and rose from the dead. Also in regards to Jerusalem, in Luke 13, 
we see the picture of the loving Christ as he is ending his life, expressing his sorrow. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you, how often have I longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. In Luke 19, it is recorded Jesus wept as he approached Jerusalem and said, if you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. Now, here in Zephaniah chapter 3, Jerusalem is called the city of oppressors who do not trust nor draw near to her God. This is the place also referred to in verse 5 as the city where God dwells. I did. Sorry. That's okay. Mm-hmm. We're just in Zephaniah chapter 3. That's all you need to know, I guess. So let me start that again. Um, so here in Zephaniah chapter 3, Jerusalem is called the city of oppressors who do not trust nor draw near to her God. This is the place also referred to in verse 5 as the city where God dwells. He is quoted within her. It, it is, quote, within her. In Exodus 29, we are told, I will dwell among the Israelites and be their God. First, the first word in chapter 3 is woe, to express the Lord's disgust over their covenant rebellion. Jerusalem has been the place of the Lord's people and his presence for generations, the place where he dwells, but she does not accept correction and acts corruptly in all they do. Today we know the Lord dwells in our bodies as he did in Jerusalem. Zephaniah explains the Lord thought surely Jerusalem would fear him and accept correction after they saw how he brought his justice to the nations around Judah. Chapter 3, verse 7. But they were still eager to act corruptly in all they did. Therefore, verse 9 God says, wait for me, declares the Lord. I have decided to assemble the nations and the whole earth will be consumed by the fire of my jealous anger. Historical narrative shows us that God was there. We know the date and historical context when Jerusalem was destroyed by the Babylonians. This is clear history in time and space. Let us take this time to step away from history lesson regarding Jerusalem and look at ourselves as a place where God now dwells. How are we doing as temples of the Lord, where God dwells? Look at verses 2 and 3 in chapter 3 as Jerusalem is described. She obeys no one. She accepts no correction. She does not trust the Lord. She does not draw near to her God. Just the first, quote, she obeys no one, unquote, sounds a bit like my more American side. And how do we as modern women with this, excuse me, how do we do as modern women with this accepts no correction accusation? So, what is the hope for the future of Jerusalem? And for us, are we humble or meek enough to be chosen as one of the remnant? As pointed in verse 12, how do we as Americans rate when we hear about the wicked city and the righteous God? Zephaniah repeatedly speaks of the Lord's indignation. In light of the repeated and chronic sin of the nations and of God's own people, God will bring judgment and then bring restoration. 
that they may all call on the name of the Lord. Starting in verse 9, we see the work of the Lord to give hope and restoration in his plan. He is planning to remove from the city those who rejoice in their pride. Never again will, be, will you be haughty in my holy hill, but I will leave within you the meek and the humble who trust in the name of the Lord, the remnant of Israel. Good news, the one who knows Jesus as Savior, who the Lord knows by name, is the one of the remnant. As we continue to answer the question, why is Jerusalem so important to the Lord, the commentaries see this starting in verse 9 and following as the New Jerusalem, or heaven. We hear more about the book of Revelation, in the book of Revelation. After the next day of the Lord, we today are still waiting for. Jerusalem will be the place God dwells when we are in heaven. In Jeremiah, we see, at that time, they will call Jerusalem the throne of the Lord, and all nations will gather in Jerusalem to honor the name of the Lord. No longer will they follow the stubbornness of their evil hearts. That's in Jeremiah. Further, we learn about the new Jerusalem in the book of Revelation, chapter 21. Here we learn this holy city, the new Jerusalem, is coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them. In verse 14, the language changes, and Zephaniah begins to speak of the daughter of Jerusalem, like he's a good, good father. Verse 15, the Lord has taken away your punishment and turned back your enemy. God planned the bloody death of his son to be the sacrifice needed to take away your punishment. In Isaiah 43, he who created you, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. Then verse 4 in Isaiah, also 43, since you are precious and honored in my sight, I love you. Isaiah 30, the Lord longs to be gracious to you. Therefore, he will rise up and show you compassion. People of Zion who have lived in Jerusalem, you will weep no more. How gracious he will be when you cry for help. These truths from Isaiah are repeated when we read in Zephaniah chapter 3. Verse 17, your God is with you and he takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love. He rejoicing over you with singing. The word love in this verse 17 is not the Greek word for agape, like unconditional love, but it is the word love used in the Hebrew text about the bridegroom loving his bride. Remember, this man, God is jealous over Jerusalem. Can you imagine? I love you, baby, and if it's quite all right, I love you, baby, from your heavenly father. I don't know what God's singing sounds like. <laughs> That's the intent of those words. During this week before we celebrate the passion in Jerusalem, let us not forget how the righteous and just God does use his judgment when necessary to teach his holiness. The price must be paid for our sin of oppression, idolatry, or pride. These words of the Lord who has taken away your punishment in verse 15 points to the terrible price of the sacrifices for me to be called one of his daughters, one of the chosen remnant. We have read about here in Zephaniah, the Lord chose the way of suffering in his holy city, Jerusalem, 
to make me his daughter, one who looks forward to the time I will live in the new Jerusalem. So to use Pastor Larry's way of teaching, the main point today is, the Lord has had his dwelling place in Jerusalem since the Garden of Eden. He desires to dwell with his people there in his holy city. So he makes a way for the remnant of his people to be with him in the new Jerusalem forever. He comes and pays the punishment that we might dwell with him in Jerusalem forever. I know I just repeated myself, but it's a good point. So I want to share a song while we meditate on the Lord delighting in us, his daughters, and how he has made it possible for today's church to be his bride. This week as we remember him in Jerusalem, one more time. I have a song to share, which you guys probably all know. Okay, give me hints, guys. How can I make this louder? Gene is the computer. Thank you, Gene. Do you want to say what song it is, and then we can like? Yes, it's Sandy Patty singing "La Via de la Rosa," the way of suffering, because in, it's in Jerusalem that it happened. That Jesus, it's just so. I don't want to say symbolic because Jesus, God dwells in Jerusalem. We've learned about he's been there since the beginning of time. That's where he wants his people to come. But this is also welcome. Jesus is willing to suffer so that we might. He wants us to be with him in Jerusalem, it's to me. And since this week is Easter week, I just think it's very connected for me, feeling like God is delighting in me. Did you change the volume? I think so. Thank you.